1: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
2: And you said Jason away there at the end. In oh, the beginning Patrick. you said Patrick away. You're right. I don't know why I said that. Sorry, I am
3: blonde and I yeah. didn't play football.
2: So, again, sorry to if Jason If they do away. end up taking
3: Patrick away, they'll be like, wow, one person called <laughs> we that. Never, we never would have saw this. <laughs> Only Sims had this one. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're back. It's Monday. Monday after the NFL draft. Uh, it was a good one as always. Oh. And more importantly, I mean, hey, the NFL draft, you know we're going to hit on that. We'll hit on Trey Lance and Shanahan with the Mac Jones and everything. But damn, did you look good at the Kentucky Derby. Oh. Ooh, you looked handsome in that blue suit with that nice little
2: blue tie you had on. And someone told me what color blue that was. Right. And I can't remember now. I, didn't... I think it was like, I can't remember. I, I, yeah. Because I was like, this blue. is blue. And they were like, well, it's not quite blue. It's like this weird kind of blue. And right. I was like, You're right. But it's blue to me. But cool. uh, Yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. Being at the Kentucky Derby, there were not 160,000 people there. Yeah, right. But there were a lot. I mean, we're talking like 50,000 it, people. It look good on TV. It um, really did. And Bob Baffert wins again. Unreal. What and, did, how did that horse look in person? Like, what's it look like? What's it see like a Kentucky Derby horse in person? Are they skinnier, Some longer? are skinnier. Some are giant. Okay. Like, there's one that was, right. that was big, and, and I was like, well, that seems like a good thing. Right? It yeah. seems like like a legs and ass guy. Right. It's like, this is the biggest horse in the biggest field. you got 19 other horses. Uh, But they're like, don't bet on him. (laughs) He's not that fast. Uh, But Medina Sparrow, after the race, I had so many people come up to me, and they were like, I saw that horse 10 minutes before the race. He looked awesome, and I was like, "Why didn't you tell anyone else?" So, well, what's a, what's a make what makes a horse look awesome ten minutes before a race? One, the way he's acting. Okay, it's like like move. Some are fidgety and like and a little cool, yeah, like right. on their hind legs maybe. Right. So he was calm, not sweating. Yeah. If you're not sweating too much, you're like, okay, that's good. Right. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah.
3: right. Is, has he, has Smile Medina's on his spirit, face. Is it has has he lost yet? He's undefeated or? No,
2: he had. His last race was bad, which is okay. why people were like, all right, well, he's not that good. Gotcha. And so then he was just, Baffert was just sandbagging. He was like, be bad, be bad. Your odds will be nine to one instead of, you know, five to two. And then I'll, I'll win some money. So yeah. it was, it was great. I saw Bob Baffert afterwards. Yeah, that's cool, Because cool. when you're around Mike Tirico, it's like all the stars end up gravitating towards you. Right. It's like, I'm there. Like, here comes Bob Baffert over. Um, and then like you know who else was there? Warren Moon was there. Warren Moon comes over. Yeah, I'm just like sure. I'm gonna hang around Mike a yeah. little bit more. Cool, so, yeah, Mike's big time. It was fun, but I was watching the NFL draft while we were doing it. You heard at the beginning there we called Jason Pat, we called Jason away, Patrick away. And now he's changed it up on us again. Come to find out, <laughs> you were right in not referring to him as Jason because that's not even his, his real first name. Jason's right. his middle name. His first name is Odifa. Odafi, I thought, but maybe it's, maybe it's, I think it's Odafi. Odafi, okay, all right, all right, so he goes, he goes, yeah, Odafe, repeats now, and now we're panicking, because he goes, he goes, the reason I did this is because no one can say my first name, he goes, now you're going to have to learn how to pronounce it, so clearly we have some work to do, we have some work to do, because we just threw out three different ways of saying it, but, uh, so that's, that's all cleared up now. We do want to talk about the draft because there was so much that happened. You did release a podcast on Friday with Mike. I did, yep. Going over the first round. Yes. But now we're going to get into which teams killed it, which teams, um, which players went to great situations. Go through all of this because now we have it. Now we have what happened in the NFL draft. Uh, But let's start, Chris. Let's just get right into it. The biggest story was the number three pick. Yep. And for this one, we're going to have to bust some narratives. Bust some narratives, I wasn't. First off, just so we know, I wasn't trying
3: to be like Bob Baffert and sandbag the whole draft. Okay. World. Well, that whole That's going to be right. one of the narratives. Okay, Kristen, do we have fine. the
2: music? I, I, this is where we wrap. Right, I wasn't sure either. That's why I, know, I started Kristen, talking. Do we have it?
3: I mean, geez, Kristen, can you press play? I mean, geez. See, we're already in a feisty mood. Press this, play, this Jeez, this Kristen.
2: <laughs> Chris Sims is the guy yeah. you have trust in. But it ain't just rhymes that he's busting. Every single year it's imperative that we go ahead and bust your damn narrative. Oh! Oh! B-Rabbit, Be B-Rabbit. Be Be rabbit. <laughs> Kristen was probably like, I don't like that song. I don't want much. to play so that. So maybe if I just <laughs> pretend like it's not I'm working. I'm allergic to pressing play on that yeah, song. I don't want to do it, actually. I'm saving everyone. All right, so let's bust the narrative. Let's do it. So, if you don't know by now, well, Trey yeah, Lance, now number know. three. We had been talking about Mac Jones going number three uh, all along. Um, my, my first question is, is are you friends with Kyle Shanahan? Can we confirm that that's happened? Or maybe that friendship is now over. No, no I'm still friends with him. I am. <laughs> uh, and listen, I was, I was as shocked as anybody. Yeah. I really was.
3: I wasn't trying to do my friend a solid and keep everybody off, you know, Trey Lance. Or, like, no, I was not. First off, listen, Mac Jones was always my number three quarterback. My logic of Mac Jones, of course, was somewhat based around my own studies and the logic of why I think you would trade up to number three. But then, as I always said, like I never had a moment where it was like Kyle Shanahan told me and went, we're taking Mac Jones at three. I've told everybody that, you know. I mean, first off, I'm not a bullshitter. I think you know that by by now, right? Um, So... I, yes, through my knowledge of my friend, knowing what he likes, a quarterback, everything like that, I certainly thought he was going to take Mac Jones. And I think that for a time, I still believe in my heart of hearts that there was, that was the guy. I do. Uh, but somewhere along the lines or somewhere along the journey there, it, it definitely changed. So that is one
2: of the narratives right. is that you knew that the 49ers I were going to take Trey Lance. I did not. But hyped up Mac Jones as some smokescreen for your friend Kyle Shanahan, no. that one we busted. No, I, uh, I knew he liked Trey Lance. I knew he was very intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I,
3: I, I, but I always thought, and again, my conversations with him about the quarterback position happened so long ago. It, it didn't matter anything. But, yes, I mean, I thought just from my conversations back in January talking about the quarterbacks yep. that I got the feel then that it was Mac Jones and Trey Lance.
2: That was the, the feel I got. So, all right. And it's right. not just you. Multiple reporting that, that Kyle Shanahan was high on Mac Jones. Sure. 49ers, that the Patriots were high on Mac Jones. Sure. That Sean Payton and the Saints were high on Mac Jones. Yeah. And maybe there were other teams as right. well that were very high on Mac Jones. Yeah. And so there would be reason that if you were one of those teams that were high on Mac Jones to think that you had to trade up for him at some point because you're hearing, wow, oh, there's a lot of teams that, that like this guy. And Why wouldn't they like this guy? Um, here's uh, Peter King talked to uh, Kyle Shanahan. Right. And, Kristen, do we have uh, the quote for it? So uh, Peter basically asked him, like, what do you think about those Mac Jones rumors that you were inevitably going to take him? And Kyle said this, we weren't going to work to correct that. So he's talking about those, those rumors out there that turned out, I guess, to be not true. But to see how much this matters to so many people was just unbelievable. It really taught me a lot about people, and I guess it's awesome for our league, all the attention. So he's kind of insinuating that he didn't want to correct those false rumors out there that, that they were leaning towards. Mac Jones. Right. So, and part of it is you want to send a message to Trey Lance. Like, you were the guy. We never had any sure, doubts, right? Sure, so, I right. get part of that is yeah. it. Um, but I guess there's no benefit into saying, like, yeah, we were on Mac Jones and then we got scared and changed our mind.
3: No, no, there, there is no benefit of that. I mean, there, there's no reason to say that. And, again, whatever you're, you're studying the process and who you're going to take until the very end. You know, I, I'm sure there was lots of guys on different boards who got – switched or tweaked in the last week, 10 days or whatever, at certain positions, everything there. You know, Yeah, he's not worried about the narrative that was out yeah. there. You know, obviously, though, within that quote, he realizes
2: how passionate and at least what was being said out there. I mean, 49er fans, right? very worth- few wanted Mac Jones. Right. Do you think that, like – Shook him a little bit. Well,
3: I don't know if I'm not, I'm not going to say it shook him. I don't, I'm not going to say that. But I think there, like that quote to me tells you they were very aware yeah. of the backlash of Mac Jones. Like they, that's what I think he's talking about, like the passion our fans yep. have. Like, yeah, he means like our fans fucking hated the Mac Jones pick <laughs> and would been fine with Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Yeah. They obviously know, they know the temperature of the room. Yeah. So that, that for sure, yes. You know, again, um, I, I don't think that swayed it in any way, but, but like, I don't know. I don't. I, I, wanna, I don't want to say too much here without you got another question to answer because I'm going to just keep rattling it off and keep going. Do you want me to bust any other narratives here? Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Whatever you were about yes. to say there. Okay. But Here's a narrative too. Right. Is that the the Forty Niners always needed to trade up to number three to get Trey Lance? Well,
3: that's now. That, I'll, I'll bust that narrative for sure. No. So that that to me is where this is going to be put under a microscope eventually because I think that's what people in league circles are already talking about, but the media is still talking about, it was Trey Lance and not Mac Jones, yeah. and they haven't quite got onto that yet. But I know there was, yeah, chatter in the league of like this weekend of, did the 49ers really need to trade up to number three? You know, I've heard, I've heard from enough people to know that, you know, within, our, you know, within the NFL community – that Trey Lance's agent, Jimmy Sexton, was calling around, you know, before the draft to teams because he wasn't right. sure if – he didn't know the 49ers were picking him at three at that point, and he wasn't sure who was going to pick him, mm-hmm. right? And that can happen to quarterbacks, So right? that can you, happen. You no You have doubt about only it. a
2: few available destinations. Right. right? So, that,
3: so he was obviously worried a little yeah. bit, going like, wait, my guy, I don't really have a spot for him right now if they pass him at three. So there, at base level, it makes you think, yes, he would have been there at twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he would have been there at 12. Again, them trading to number three changed the circumstances too, right? So maybe if they went to three, you know, I, you know, because it affected Carolina, right? right? Maybe that affected Carolina at number eight, where they had their eye on, you know, Mac Jones. But then they went,
2: ooh, maybe they listened to idiots like me and everything. And went, ooh, well, maybe he he'll is on Mac the, Jones, so let me make a move to get Sam Darnold. Yeah, do you think that – do you think Carolina – or Denver would have ended up with Mac Jones if they didn't feel like the 49ers were trading up to get him? Do you think that they made their moves thinking like, okay, we got to get Sam Darnold because Mac Jones is going to be good? I think Carolina did.
3: That, that I, I feel confident. in Denver I don't know so much about. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what Denver's thought process was at the quarterback position. I had always been led to believe kind of what I've been saying all along, that they want to bring somebody in there just to compete with him. You know, I – I know there was the rumors of them wanting to draft a quarterback, but I always thought during the draft that I was kind of taking that as like, "Eh, this is just one of those teams that's saying we like a quarterback, hoping some team might want to trade up to number nine and do that, right? That's at least what I took it as. So uh, I think the Panthers are the one to watch out for, for sure. But I think that's going to continue to be – You know, as we get into this conversation and it's, you know, Trey Lance and Fields and Mac Jones are always going to be compared to each other and all those type of stuff. And the wins and losses and stats are all going to be dependent on that. But I think that is one thing that people are going to look at as we go further. And especially if Lance doesn't do well, people are going to go, and we traded away three first-round picks, and we didn't have to do that. Yeah. And, and again – yeah, maybe that's the other thing I, I could say is if I look at the process to where I would just go, you know, Mar- end of March, making that trade right then. You know, and again, it seems like maybe a little undecided about who they wanted to take. Mm-hmm. Why not just sit back and kind of read the tea leaves a little bit and get a feel for the draft? And then maybe if you just stay at 12 and then, okay, now you got a feel – and maybe you only had to trade up to number seven or eight as you get closer to the draft, right. as you get this feel for it. You know, I think that's the thing that's going to be dissected as we go go along.
2: That's here. always the thing. You have to pay for certainty. Yeah. Right? You, you have to pay yeah. a premium for that. It's right. like, I just want to be certain. It's like, okay, you can get that, but you're going to have to pay a premium. And you heard from other teams how difficult it may have made trading down yeah. the price that the 49ers were willing to pay just to move up the, what, nine spots right there. Right. It's like, all right, we want to trade down, but we're not getting anything close to what. Um, the Dolphins got for no. the, from the 49ers right. there. So uh, this is a funny thing that I was, you know, I've got a lot of Bay Area followers and sure, 49er sure. fans. Sure. And a lot of them would tell me, they're like, we don't necessarily dislike Mac Jones. We just, You don't trade two future first-round picks to trade up to get Mac Jones. You could get him later on. And it turns out that was true. And so I threw this poll out there, Chris. Yes. And I go, I taping with Sims today. It's kind of like a humble brag. It's like, I know Chris Sims. No big deal. <laughs> um, but then the question was, would you rather have Trey Lance was one option or Mac Jones plus your two future first round picks back. Yeah. And as of right now, 1400 votes in 60% of the people say rather have Mac Jones plus the two future round picks. So that's not all 49er fans. That's just all my yeah, followers sure, out there. Right. Right. A lot of the 49er fans are still trying to talk themselves into the fact that yeah, yeah Trey Lance this is a Trey. but you have to factor that in too. the there's a chance you could have waited and gotten a quarterback that's higher on your list without giving up any of those future first-round picks, which indicates to me how desperate they were to move on, how desperate they were for I think another, another quarterback.
3: That's another aspect that's not – it's exactly right. You know, they've, they've given you so many signs this off-season to basically say, you know, we're done with Jimmy G. I mean, it, we might ride it out this one last year yeah. or whatever, but it's over. They've, they've seen enough. They've had enough. And they, you're right. They moved on, and they made an aggressive decision. And like we said back then, it's just Shanahan took – control the draft and he, he was not going to have to, Ooh, if what, I don't know what's going to happen, but yes, I mean, Hey, the way it shook out. Yeah. It's, you sit there right now and it's easy to talk about this, you know, Monday after the draft, he probably could have got Trey Lance or Mac Jones at number 12 with right. the way everything shook out. But again, we don't know. There's some other circumstances that went on before that and everything like that. So uh, it, it is, it is interesting and they're going to be compared. There's no doubt. And Hey, it's gonna have scare scare Shanahan too, you know that Mac Jones ended up in New England. I bet you at the, he, I, he was probably like, oh, he's gonna end up there, damn it, because he knows it's gonna be compared to, and now he knows he's going with Bill, yeah. And it's the it's it's you know maybe the most the best most complex drop back pass offense in football, and Shanahan's gonna know. Wait, I know that guy can go there and do that, so. Yeah. That's going to be scary, and he knows
2: that's going to up the ante as far as how they're compared, too. I was watching it with the quarterbacks, your I-told-you-sos. Right. I was like, oh, you're kind of, your you're I-told-you-sos are hurt here a little bit because if Mac Jones goes and dominates in New England, we'll right. be like, well, you know, he's got Belichick, and he's got this great scheme around him. I don't know that you're going to get the full credit for that. If Justin Fields goes to Chicago and falls on his face, people are going to go be like, well, yeah, that's Nagy. You know, they can't develop a quarterback over there. You're not going to get full credit for that. And if Kellen Mond goes out there and somehow beats out Kirk Cousins, people are going to go, well, yeah, that's Kirk Cousins. Anyone could do that. I was like, dang it. I know. I told you so. And then Shanahan's going
3: to be like, kill it with Trey Lance, and I'm not going to be able to say anything. Exactly. Yeah, you're You're going to figure out a way. I was like,
2: you're kind of screwed here. Either Uh, way, I was like, this is not The
3: thing that's funny, I think, about the Mac Jones thing is everyone's like, oh, that system and that offense and up there. And I want to, like, pin some people on TV and go, yeah, but you're the same people as, let's say, Brady did the whole system, but now the system's awesome. Yeah. It was Brady, but now Brady's gone, and now they got a quarterback, and now it's the system's going to make this quarterback, but it didn't help make Brady. That's where I just, like, laugh. That's where I – it's like you hear narratives, it's like two different narratives of the same team, and you're like, well, you don't make sense. That doesn't make sense. So, getting – is there any more busting narratives on the Yeah, 49ers? but go. Keep going. Well, I think that's ultimately too – where Shanahan got to this conversation. Listen, I talked to him a little bit after the draft, Mm -hmm. like about the quarterbacks and all that. Yeah, there was true love for Mac Jones. There's no doubt about that. As I told you, he was always intrigued by Trey Lance. And I think ultimately what got him into the whole Trey Lance, and I know he said some of this stuff to Peter King on the, you know, football morning in America and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff too. But I think where he's really excited about Trey Lance is, one, he's the best run game designer in football, all right? He's the best run game, let me tie it together with the play-action pass in football. And I think this just gives him more avenues to mess with people that way. You know, I think that's basically the thing that I came away with our conversation that he was really excited about. Mm. He's less – it's, oh, a few receivers are injured? Okay, Well, if I had my Mac Jones offense, that could affect Mac Jones. With Trey Lance, yeah, it'll affect him a little bit, but I have this element of the run game that still saves me, Mm -hmm. right? And I think also too, and I've heard Kyle say this a lot over like the last year. You know, people are just stealing his stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, so now this gives him a quarterback and an offense that other teams are not going to be able to emulate, or most Mm -hmm. of them not. Baltimore Ravens can, right? and maybe a few others, Josh Allen with the Bills, maybe he'll steal some of Shanahan's quarterback run plays. Yeah. But for the most part, now he's going to get to play teams on a week-to-week basis and go, you haven't seen this. You yeah. haven't seen this type of attack. I, you, yeah, you probably put a receiver, at quarterback in practice this week and all those type of things. But I think that's where it excites Shanahan mm-hmm. is the fact of the advantage it's going to give him to him his running game. It's going to kind of swing the curve back into his favor that mm-hmm. way. And, of course, with Lance and his ability to run off of that, he's got a strong arm. I think he thinks he's just going to be able to more consistently mess with defenses and really give them issues uh, with a guy like Lance as compared to maybe the Drew Brees, Mac Jones, uh, Matt Ryan type in
2: the offense. How good of a runner, though, is Trey Lance? Yeah. Do we know? I, I mean, is he as good as Lamar, Kyler? No. No, that's where, that's where I've, I have pushed back
3: against that narrative. I think you've heard me say that a little bit is, hey, I love the athleticism. I'm not sure how great of a runner is Lamar – I mean, <laughs> Trey Lance is either. Yeah. He's definitely not Lamar Jackson. No way. You know, I think his running is a hair overhyped, I guess is what I'm saying. But, you know, again, it's good size. He is fast. There's no doubt about that. And I think Shanahan, too, the other thing you learn and if you listen to Peter – I think Shanae was blown away by the intangibles to go along with it. Yeah. Just everything, whether it's the psych testing, the ability to process information, personality tests, all of those. I think those all, like, checked out really high, and that's where he's excited about it too. So there he's got a guy he likes. He's wired mentally the way he likes. Physically, he's close to the guy he likes. And then I think when he gets excited about, Coming up with game plans. Yeah. It's it's run game first. You know, that's what's different about Shanahan. Like Josh McDaniels and Sean Payton and Andy Reid would be like, whoa, this guy here and that guy there, and we're gonna do this, and I want you to read it one to two to three. And they'd be all, Shanahan's more like, I want to get in this formation and motion the wide receiver over here, and now I know they bring the safety down over here, and we're gonna pull the guard and I'm blocked down. And he, that's what excites Shanahan. Yeah. That's what excites him. So now he's got another piece of the puzzle with Lance, too, now, to where he gets to play 10-on-11 football, right? Yeah. He doesn't have to he's, – he's got one more number in his advantage with his scheme and creativity to go along with that, let alone think about, like, the Shanahan, the toss sweeps, and the outside zone, and teams play him so aggressively for that yeah. all the time. Yeah. And play people in those alleys and do things that way. Oh, okay, yeah, here comes the outside zone or, or the reverse speed sweep or something like that. Oh, no, no, nope, sorry, you're wrong. We're pulling Lakeland Tomlinson and, um, and uh, Trent Williams, and we're going to run up. In, you were trying to stop the outside zone, and now we're going to run inside it, and you don't have enough people in here, and now we get got all these blockers with a fast quarterback, and you're fucked,
2: mm-hmm. for lack
3: of a better way to say it. I think that's what's exciting
2: Shanahan. But what makes that more dangerous yes. is that you have the threat to beat them with your arm and the passing game too, right? Because some teams may say, all right, we'll load up and stop the run. We'll sure. stop Trey Lance. Sure. Beat us with your arm. Yes. And can he do that? Yeah, well, that's going to be the big question, to see, see what he can do
3: to do that. You know, yeah, if it has to come back to dropping back and, like, throwing the ball 30 times a game in the drop-back pass game, I would say no, he's not ready to do that, and he's not going to beat you that way. Yeah. But I think if Shanahan, which I expect, he's going to find ways to run the ball – And he's going to find a few real easy play action passes and things like that. It's not going to be on like Trey Lance to go through, you know, a a four read progression. He's going to make life easy on him. Yeah. He does have a strong arm and we do know he's smart. Anybody you talk to will tell you Trey Lance is out of this world smart. So I think that's probably where he looks at it and goes, "Okay, I'll get him to do that. And we'll work on refining the drop back pass stuff yeah. and everything like that. And you go to Kyle, I get all that. I still wouldn't have done that. Well, I still wouldn't have done that. I mean, listen, he knows my feelings. Yes. He, he knows. I mean, listen, I, I put myself out there. I, I, I hope that hopefully that's why he appreciates me. I don't just always go, oh, you're right, Kyle. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I always tell him my thoughts, my, you know, and this is what scares me and all that. But, yeah, maybe now everybody will believe he doesn't tell me everything.
2: Yeah, And uh, not everything I say is directly coming out of his mouth. Yeah, when, when 49er fans thought Kyle was taking Mac Jones, they are like, Kyle's an idiot. And now that you're defending Mac Jones, they're like, Kyle's a genius for taking Trey. You're the idiot now. We've got to just <laughs> yes. figure out who's the idiot. Seriously. Here. Uh, last thing. Yes. And then we'll move on okay. to, to who won the draft for yeah. you and other teams out there. Um, will he spend a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo? No. That's kind of the question. No, he can't.
3: Uh, to me, that's where I will say to Kyle at some point and be like, you got to play this sucker. you just got to get him out there and go. You can't go another year with him not playing football. To me, that's that's, that's one of the issues with Lance. He's got to play more. He's got to do more. Just like you heard me say, he's never done a two-minute drill. He's never had a game really on his shoulders where you go, if he doesn't throw the ball and drop back and dissect this team today, they're not going to win this college football game. He's never even been in that situation. He's got to just get out there and play. And Shanahan, he's smart. He'll figure it out. He'll figure out how to play with them and do all that. He did it with RG3. He'll do it this time around too. So mm. I, don't, I don't expect. I'm still saying. Hmm, I don't know. I'm still saying Jimmy G gets traded at some point this offseason. I, 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 I still have a hard time. And, again, just so real, I don't know. Yes. Shanahan hasn't told me here. But I just – yeah, my thought is – where would he go? I I don't know where he'd go with this There's a lack of spots right now. There's no doubt about it. I would still look at Houston and go, that could be a possibility. With the New England regime down there, they only drafted Davis Mills. If that Watson thing somehow he does get suspended or traded or whatever else, I could see that being a possibility. But, but yeah, that doesn't you're seem right. likely. It's yeah, not. It's going to be not. hard. And, and to, get in- the
2: pri- to get the price you want, to get enough teams bidding and get the yeah, price you want, it seems
3: really unlikely. It is. And then New England's out of the conversation now, right? Yeah. So that's not going to be the case. You can look at Washington but I don't think Washington's getting involved in that. I think they're very – I think they're, they're fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick. In fact, I heard somebody on TV say that this weekend. that they're, they're totally fine. They weren't desperate to get a
2: quarterback this weekend. Len Combs, who starts and wins the game first, Trey Lance in San Francisco or Mac Jones in New England? Ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Trey Lance. Just yeah.
3: because of, like, all the things you've said. Like, it just seems like they're done with Jimmy G. Yeah. They're done with him. And then – You know, with Mac Jones, I think Cam is going to be the guy. I do. You know, again, I still think there's belief in him up there. And then when you talk about, again, as ready as Mac Jones is and everything like that, like I said, that is some system in New England. And it's got a million different rules. It is truly the most advanced drop-back pass system in all of football. Takes a while. So, it'll take a while. So, from all those things, I think those probably just go, you know, you sit back and they're going to teach him aggressively – if Cam does falter or do something like that, yeah. then that might push it. But I'm going to go with Lance.
2: And finally, an apology to Dynasty Guy 2 and others out there as well. He goes, hey, Chris and Ahmed, huge fan of the pod. Why did you guys have to say Mac Jones was going third overall? I lost a bad amount of money. I'm sorry. I'm Dynasty, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I don't know what.
3: The, so, you know, this is the predicament I'm in. You know, yeah, okay. I was wrong this. Time. I've been right about a whole bunch of other shit when I, I didn't know, but I had information and I know people and things like that. Hey, I tried to tell everybody. I wasn't sure. I did not know. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew my friend, and that's what I went off of. So I'm sorry. I am. That's where I yeah. know I pissed people off. It's the betters of the world that are mad when I look on social
2: media. If they if they send you an invoice, will you will you pay them? Absolutely them? not.
3: Absolutely <laughs> not.
2: This is for entertainment purposes only. We've made that clear from the get-go. You know, when Chris is talking about my pit stains and if all that, Pete, that's not – If Pete sends me an invoice, I'll pay for Pete's. <laughs> all right? So okay, if- Pete, there you go. We'll take you out to dinner. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Let's yeah. put, a, put a button on that. I'm sure we'll revisit that many, many oh, times. Oh, gosh, for 10 years. Uh, right, I remember see what happens, that. how it all turns out with yep. all the quarterbacks that went. Uh, now for the 2021 draft recap. Teams – who killed it? And I'm looking here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You got eight teams that killed it. Yeah. Um, and what I like following you on Twitter during the draft is awesome. Is that even when guys are taken high that you really don't like or don't love, you always find like the positive things about some of these guys, and I and I respect that. Um, but there's eight teams that you think killed it even more than the other teams. I'll go through them here, and let's yeah. start with the Jets. Yeah. let start with the Jets. Uh, who took Zach Wilson number two overall, your number one player in this draft. They got him number two overall. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, also in the first round, Uh, a lineman out of USC, who you liked a lot. You weren't as high on Elijah Moore, but you were on Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina. They got him in the fourth round, so they got a lot of guys. If you're watching on YouTube here, you can see them all. Uh, You like their draft. You think they killed it? I
3: think they killed it. I really do. I mean, you know, even some of the guys towards the later ends of the draft, you know, Nazriel Dean, all those type of players. They, it was just a well-rounded draft that I think fit their football team and continued a great offseason that they had. They were great in free agency. Here they are in the draft. And I think the thing that I like, you know, of course, hey, the quarterback, I love that. But let's not make the mistake as the old franchise quarterback that we just had here. Let's start to do things the right way. You know, and again, you're going to run the Shanahan Running system and those type of plays. Okay, then we got to get an old line that can do that. Elijah Vera Tucker is yes, can play tackle. I do believe in the NFL, but guard he's like a slam dunk. I'm gonna be able to do everything, you know. And that's what again Shanahan, the outside zones, the things where the guards are asked to get to the second level and make these cutoff blocks up there. You got to be athletic and special. So that makes sense. Okay, next thing, let's get back to supporting our quarterback with some weapons. You know, we know they got some receivers and things like that. Elijah Moore is, like, perfect to go along with what they got. You know, he's a little bit of a hybrid, more of a slot base, but can go outside. But, you know, they got Corey Davis and Denzel Mims, who are going to be more of the outside guys. And now you'll have to worry about Elijah Moore and Crowder on the inside. And this Crowder, this might be his last year there anyways, but just makes too much sense that way. And Moore's a good player. You know, can break tackles. I think you could see him be that Debo Samuel type a little bit for them. You know, fake the toss. Here he comes around the other way. And then last but not least, of course, is the running back. I mean, he's a Shanahan perfect fit in their system type running back that way. You know, he really is. The only thing that's maybe missing is a little bit more power or anything like that. But when you just talk about, again, a guy that let me see a hole fly through it, go to the second level. He reminded me of Devontae Freeman, who Shanahan killed it with in Atlanta. So I look at that and go, yeah, the Jets were one of the
2: teams that, that were very impressive in the yeah, draft. Yeah, you liked him second best. You're second best running back, right? Yeah, second I mean, best running back, definitely. So here's a question from Kyle Jaspers. Yeah. I love what the Jets did in their draft. He's the first Jets fan ever to be happy with their draft. And we found him, there's Kyle Jaspers. Yeah, there's some this year that They're are happy a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I question – oh, so here we go. Yeah. So the only thing I question – is the lack of resources used at corner. I know we got a good receiver at 34, Elijah Moore, but do you think there was a corner on the board at 34 that would have been a better pick? So, Pete notes here, the Jags took Tyson Campbell at 33, so just before him. Right. Kelvin Joseph was still there, though. Asante Samuel Jr. was uh, still there. Could they have gone corner and short up that part of their team?
3: Well, they could have. Uh, I like what they did, one, because, again, I err on, let's get the second pick of the draft and make sure – we make him look like he was the second pick of the sure. draft. Yes. So that's where I'm a fan of it. Here's the other thing too. And, you know, this this is where they're a little different as far as the way I think Robert Sala and company think. You know, yes, they want corners. We know that. But as you've heard me say before, I don't think it's a scheme that like whether I've talked to Shanahan or those type of – they don't – they don't – It's a zone, three-deep zone scheme. Mm -hmm. They don't want to draft corners really in the top 40 picks of the draft. They don't because it's just like, wait, you can find a guy that's maybe a little less as far as a man-to-man player, and he still fits the scheme perfectly. Right. right? So that's where I think that that's where they err on that there more than anything. Yes, Kelvin uh, Joseph would have been great, Kevin Joseph for the the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that.
2: But I think this was the right pick. I do. I, I liked what they did here. All right. So the Jets, you liked them. You also liked the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. So what I'm learning here is that to have a good draft, all you got to do is have one of the first top two picks. I know. And you can it's start really out with a good draft. Uh, it, no, I know. But both these teams did stuff down the board that were good, too. Uh, Kristen, do we have the Jaguars draft class here? So here it is. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne was also in the first round, a little higher than you said. You said there were no first-round running backs, yep. but they took uh, the one you thought was the best. Tyson Campbell, their corner in the second round, Walker Little. We don't know what they're going to get out of him, but you said a first-round talent. He is. Out of uh, Stanford, uh, the offensive lineman Andre Sisco, the safety out of Syracuse. Here is uh, Thomas Gats TV. Did you give Trent Balky your scouting report directly because he drafted all of your top players? Uh, I mean, it,
3: it is funny. It really is. Yeah, I'm in <laughs> love with their draft. I mean, yeah, we know. I mean, I think Trevor's a stud, of course. ATN, yeah, even though I didn't think he was going to go in the first round, I think I made it very clear that he'd be one of the top picks off on the board in the second round. Yeah. You know, and, hey, for what they're going to do there and that offense and everything like that, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense. ATN is the perfect college-spread NFL-type running back. There's just nothing he can't do. You know, he would be up there already early, early runner rookie of the year. I think mm-hmm. he's going to get so many touches in the run game and the pass game. But then to get Tyson Campbell, come on, a pick 33. That, that was amazing. It really was. I mean, Campbell, again, you know, ball skills maybe are the thing that people question, but as I'll say all the time, You can teach a guy to get a little bit better at ball skills. You can't teach him, go stick on that guy's hip pocket when he runs everywhere on the field. You don't have to worry about that with Tyson Campbell. He's Mm. good. So we have to work on the ball skills. A lot of the other corners that were drafted ahead of him, they're going to have to teach him how to cover the guy and then go, wait, your ball skills are good, but, oh, wait, he's wide open. So it didn't really matter. Uh, That's where I love the Tyson Campbell pick. And Walker Little, uh, to me, there's just like, yeah, he didn't play last year. And I know he barely played the, last, the year before that. He was such a specimen and yeah. so good. It, I, I feel like it was a very low risk yeah. pick. Fourth guy you drafted, right? He was your fourth. Yeah, pick, very right? so low was, risk. I feel yeah. like you know, for that second, for that part of the round. Hey, it's an ACL injury two years ago, and he's just a giant of a specimen of a person. Mm-hmm. So that's where I love that. And then. Of course. And then, of course, uh, walk, I mean, uh, Andre Sisco, my yeah. favorite. Safety. Yeah. And even Jay Tufeli, who was a top five interior de- uh, defense lineman for me. So, yeah, I thought they really killed it. They addressed a lot of different areas on their team, and I think they got, like, the perfect pick for,
2: for all of them. So, Das Batlam says this to you. Why did the Jags take Travis at ETN? <laughs> Love the guy. My running back won as well, but they have James Robinson, who is incredible. I understand the link with Lawrence, but why not go defense? It sucked so bad last year. So their defense was not fun to watch. No. For Des Potlum. No. So what do you think? I mean, well, do you, you didn't think he should have gone in the first round. No. Nope. ETN. Yep. I'm not going to kill it, though. It, you know, first
3: off. They've signed a ton of defensive players in free agency, so they have done that to help out their football team, right? I think the other thing, too, again, is they are looking at their quarterback and going, what can we do to help him out? James Robinson is good. There's no doubt. I I think ATN is a notch better, though. There's no doubt about that. But you already kind of have someone who's good in that spot. I think, though, like, I think it's going to be a little bit about it shows you the philosophy of their football team a little bit, too. You know, they're gonna this is where it shows me again it's gonna be the college spread where it's gonna be, you know, hey, here goes ATN, run right. Oh, here's a fake ETN, hey, throw it to DJ Shark. Uh here's a fake to ETN, oh, throw to ETN. Hey, let's go. No huddle, keep pacing it. ATN's tired. He just ran 70 yards the last three plays. James Robinson, go in there, flip it up. Here we go. Set hut. Oh, we're running with James Robinson. I think it's just gonna be part of their philosophy. A little bit like we see Shanahan, where he's always got three running backs on his roster, and you're kind of I'm like well why does he need three running backs well if one gets fucking hurt or he wants to just keep platooning them so he's got one running back just going in 100 miles per hour every time I think it's part of the way they're going to play let alone here's the other aspect that I think is going to come into play here where you could get both of them on the field and then also ATN is a really good route runner mm-hmm. to where I think you're going to be able, like like Camara you're going to sometimes just put them in the slot and you'll be like man I thought they were going to be in two backs but now it's Come into like almost a three receiver set because he's over here in the slot. Wait, we didn't, we were in, we were in our base defense because we thought they were going to run the ball, and now we're a little bit mismatched. So I think that's the thing uh, they're looking at that way. And ATN has it all. So, I, yes, was it a glaring need? No, it was not. But I think for the way they want to play, They want insurance for that position, and ATN's better than Robinson.
2: Yeah, everything throughout the course of a football season, every position becomes a need position because of the injuries. It seems like at one point or or another. So have the Jets and the Jaguars added enough talent this offseason to not be picking in the top ten next year? From base level right now, I would say yes, it
3: looks that way. It just you know, it's a lot of unproven commodities that need to now do it yeah. on the field. You know, I, I need to see Urban, Robert, Urban Meyer and Robert Sala and, yeah. and, and, and Mike LaFleur and everybody kind of – I need to see them perform a little bit. I know that there's good at high expectations and we think and all that, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I've definitely been a big fan of both teams and what they've done in the free agency and, and the draft.
1: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
1: The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. He's his calling. Card. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after
2: week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. So fan of the Jets, fan of the Jaguars, You yeah. were also a big fan of the Miami what? Dolphins, what? what they did in this draft. Let's take a look. How, how did they do? Jalen Waddell, their first pick. Jalen Phillips also in the first round, the edge rusher out of Miami. Uh, Liam Eichenberg in the second round, the offensive lineman from Notre Dame I know you like. Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon, in the second round. Uh, And then Hunter Long, a tight end in the third round. What would you like so much about the Dolphins draft? I mean, they're just – they're putting on a clinic on, like, team building. Like, it's the second year in a row. You think these guys fit
3: with what they want to do. And they're going to be instant contributors. Like, instant. I mean, maybe Liam Eichenberg might have to be a backup guard or tackle at first. But either way, it's an instant contributor because you don't have to worry about anything there. He's going to fill two needs in one. But I just think of, you know, one – The trade back to 12, you know, and all the assets they required. Okay, they gave one of those things away to get back up to six. So they had a receiver they fancied. Yeah, I know he wasn't my favorite. Again, he's top 20 pick. We know that for sure. He's And I think, hey, obviously they liked him more than me. But where I can get behind is it makes sense for how they're building their team. You got a Preston Williams, bigger receiver. Devontae Parker a lankier skinny receiver like Devonte smith we don't need another one yeah so we got gasecki at tight end now we got our jitterbug who can do julian edelman type stuff with their short routes yet he's got a three rockets up his ass to take a reverse like tyree kill 70 yards down the sideline yeah so i like that element of it jalen phillips i mean come on what
2: what, what do i what else do i got to say yeah medical concerns right yeah. but Sometimes you got to take a chance.
3: Right. Well, and who's going to know more about the guy than the team that's in their hometown of sure. where the kid was that's playing true. college football, right? So from that standpoint, too, I just that made me feel better when they took him to go, well, they, they're going to know. Like If any team's going to know all the ins and outs of the guy, it's going to be the Dolphins. So if yeah. the, they take him, are you fucking kidding me? He's the best defensive player in the draft. He's the best player. If there's no medical concerns, I would bet you he would have been the top player on everybody's board, you know, other than maybe five teams. Like, I'm, I'm going to just say, you know, I don't know that. But top I'm just, defensive player? He would have been top defensive player on everybody's board. If there's the concussions there, I'm going to say at least 24 out of the 32 teams would have had Jalen Phillips as his number one player. Hmm. He's just too – there's nothing – I don't know how you can turn on the film and not go, he's fucking awesome. So, Holland, uh, uh, a safety, you know, yet – like nickel type a hybrid. Almost reminds me a little bit of Devin McCourty with the way he runs and the way he's built to a degree. I think he was one of the names I said uh, you know yeah. during our pre-draft process. But yeah, he's got a great way about him. They needed a little bit of an upgrade of safety. He's gonna be involved right away. So that's gonna be awesome. I talked about Liam. And then Hunter Long, you already have a Gasecki who's more of the pass catching. Now you got Hunter Long who's a really awesome run blocker. I mean, maybe the best run blocking tight end in the draft. Hmm. So you got him, and it's not like he's some slouch and crappy in the past game. He's pretty good. So I just look at all that and just go, damn. I mean, between last year's draft, what they did in free agency, and now this draft right here, and they got all these
2: picks in next year's draft, too. It's just uh, they're, they're kicking ass. Got a question from Tom Brady is booty. Ooh, So not a fan of Tom Brady, I think. Uh, can the Dolphins, who many regard as having a top three draft, including Chris Sims, Yes. Uh, seriously compete with Buffalo for the AFC East? Their additions could make immediate impact. Yes. So it He's it right puts them there. right there
3: with the Bills? I think it's like. They weren't far off this past exactly year. Exactly right. Player for player, they are right there. There's just one element we need to see, right? Mm. And I, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I know. Where we just got to see the quarterback take that next step. Mm. Okay, I know I'm a Tua hater. I get it. Oh uh, no, but in all seriousness, yeah, we just need to see that, right? Not, not that he has to take over the world and have some Josh Allen breakout type year, but to where we just go, then they can just run an offense. They're not worried about kind of managing him or ooh, let's run the ball because we don't trust it or anything like that. You know, that that's the big thing. But player for player, I mean, the Dolphins roster is young, up and coming and extremely talented, and not even close
2: to their potential yet. So that's what's exciting about the Dolphins. You've put Dolphin fans in a very weird position now because you've been complimentary of their draft, their teams, their new players, their coach, but not their quarterback. I saw that a lot on special, uh, social media during the draft where people were like, I hate this guy, but I love his draft takes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, you hate me because of what? My last year's draft takes. So, exactly. <laughs> so conflicted here. Uh, so Dolphins had a good draft. Another, another team that you think had a good draft was my Detroit Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, Maybe. we've done it. We've done it. Brad Holmes comes. Look at that. Oh, look, look at it, this stud. So Pete was, this is, this is my, so on, on YouTube right now, if you're just listening, I, I feel sorry for you because what you could see on YouTube is me looking cool in my Lions draft hat, feeling confident that we got and I'm going to grade it right now. Yeah. An A-plus track. I like how you looked at me to
3: confirm your looking cool comment. <laughs> you were like, right? I look cool, right? But you do look cool.
2: You're like an you old look guy, like a guy or who maybe you're trying to having rhyme. You're right. It's like I've tried to rap in the past. Right. That's a picture of a man who's tried to yeah, rap. Maybe. You're like,
3: oh, is that that famous early 90s As rapper? I was doing that,
2: I was like, how do I look cool to my wife? And she was like, I don't know, maybe walk by the camera. So that was me walking by the camera. <laughs> Maybe one of the more what, embarrassing things.
3: What I think is did. crazy is that is probably exactly how that conversation went down. It, it was. I, I was like, what
2: do I do? I was like, I look so lame just standing here. <laughs> like, just start walking. Maybe that'll be cool.
3: Uh, you're hilarious. Uh, uh, so, I fucking loved it. Oh,
2: good. I Pen- mean. Sewell. Yes, go through it. At the top there. Yeah. Uh, Anzarike, right? right? Levi Anzarike, the big defensive tackle. Right. Second. Uh, Elam McNeil, I think Elam uh, McNeil from yeah. North Carolina State, the defensive tackle. Yeah, one of my faves. Big corner from Syracuse, Melia Fanu. Yeah. Like, hard names to say for me. I'm going to get to know more as the, as the time goes on, but you like their draft. I like, I mean, really everything. Every pick. I, Amon Ross
3: St. Brown. If you mm-hmm. would have told me what team he was going to end up at, I would have told you the Rams of the Lions. I knew it. He's a Cooper – he's Cooper Cup. Ah. He's that guy. That's what I kind of said during the draft process. He knew it. Not going to, like, wow you. are like, whoa, he's so fast. But you're going to go, damn, he's a great route runner. He catches everything. And he's got good enough speed. where So, that was great. But, like, first off, hey, I mean – one the name of the game is the line of scrimmage like you know right and then two the name of the game is definitely the line of scrimmage when your head coach is Dan Campbell and all he talks about is biting kneecaps and ankles and eating toes for lunch yeah. and like so yeah okay so i love when the personality of the coach and the roster kind of come together where you're like whoa this roster really like just speaks the coach this is him Right? Oh, you got Penny Sewell, the biggest fucking ass kicker in the draft on the offensive line. Great. Oh, you got Levi Onzarique, the biggest ass kicker on the defense interior defensive line in the draft. Whoa, great. Oh, wait, the next round you got Aleem McNeil, the biggest fucking plugger, mosh pitter, run stopper in the draft. And oh yeah, he's pretty good athlete to go on top of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Mellon Fonwu was not my favorite cover corner, yeah. but he's a very good athlete and has size. They might be able to – they'll find out a role for him, whether it's covering tight ends or being a third safety or something like that. You would heard me talk about Amon Ross St. Brown, and then even Derek Barnes in the fourth round. Derek Barnes is a really good middle linebacker to be getting the fourth round. Pretty good speed, but, like, Again, fits the culture to me. It's, yeah. it's, he's tough. He's a thumper. He's a big 10 middle linebacker where he's like, you want to come downhill? I'll meet you there. Like, so I just like when, not that I always have to love the players, but at least the, the culture of the picks fit the culture of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's how you build something, in my opinion. So I think that was really
2: cool. And it, yeah, and Sewell had pizza Hut boxes on his table. And at that point, I'm sure Dan Campbell said, we, he, he's one of ours. He's one of ours. He's going to bite kneecaps. He's eating Pizza Hut pizza on draft night. Um, And there was some talk that they could go quarterback, right? Yes. It's like Jared Goff's probably not the long-term answer. Maybe they'll go quarterback there. They had Justin Fields on the board. Um, But, no, they shored up the offensive line. And they're constructing a team. You're right. It's just big dudes up front, right? You think that's going to be how they're going to do it?
3: That's how they're going to do it. It's it's you know, I've, it's, it's what I've, I've said about Dan Campbell a few times. And, again, you know, you just you connect dots, right? Wait, they got Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn. Dan Campbell just came from the New Orleans Saints where they believe in big people and dominating the line of scrimmage. And, of course, he played in the Bill Parcells scheme and all of that. And, you know, early in his coaching career was working for Bill. So that's the way he believes in building a team. Anthony Lynn believes that. So it just made too much sense. And, yes, you know, that's where they're going to start the game, Rob. They're going yeah. to, the, the first thing they're going to worry about when they get ready for a team on Monday and they start their preparations is going to be, wait, how are we going to dominate up front? What are we going to do to dominate up front? And that's, now they got the pieces
2: to do that. I have not had that feeling after a Lions draft in many, many years. I I was pumped, too. So excited that I walked around in my hat to try to look cool while my wife took a picture.
3: And, like, there's another one where as we got closer to the draft, I don't think anybody really believed they were going to take a quarterback. Yeah. You know, again, I know the thought was out there, right? Yeah. But to me, it was a little bit like the Denver thought, where I think they were just one of those teams that was like, "Yeah, we're going to take a quarterback. Anybody want to trade up to seven and take yeah, a quarterback? Yeah I mean they should might as well just said that. I don't know if I ever really believed it, yeah you know, I, you know, unless like a maybe a Trevor Lawrence fellow them.
2: Yeah, cuz if you're not going to draft a quarterback, you might as well say, yeah, these quarterbacks are awesome. We would love to take. Like these get come up and get them. These guys that's are great. every year now. No yeah. one did. No one did at the Lions spot they got Penae Sewell uh number 1, number 7 overall. So you like the uh the, the Lions, that made me happy. You also like the Giants. I did. That makes you and Pete happy. You know it. So they uh they crushed it in this draft. So you got two uh, first pick was uh, a trade back, Yeah. Kadarius Toney, and then another trade back for the edge, uh, Olujari, right? Yep. Aziz Olujari, Ojolari. Um, see, th- there are a lot of crazy names in this draft. There was it's, a it, lot of crazy names. One of the more difficult name drafts uh, in recent history. Uh, but that was the first time that Dave Gettleman had really traded back in a draft, right? He got, some, got a future first-round pick for trading back and taking uh, Kadarius Tony. Well, I think that's, overall.
3: that's right. That's, that's part of the, you know, what, what we're talking about here. I think when you first have to say that the fact that they pulled off a first round pick, you know, to get that for next year's draft, I think that's, you know, of course, part of one, one of the reasons I say, yes, they won the draft, you know, you know from anybody that knows anything within the know in the NFL that they had their eyes on Devonte Smith. So that was how they wanted to build their team. They were looking for that position. So that's mm-hmm. great in kind of like knowing your board a little bit. You get a guy like Kadarius Tony, who you heard, if you heard Urban Meyer this weekend, they were dying to get well, him at 25. True. Yeah. I mean, Tony is really, if he's more polished route running, He's going to be regarded like Jalen Waddell and like a yeah. top 12 pick.
2: Okay, so here's a question. Yes. I, I right. am really Nash. Are concerns about Kadarius Tony's route running ability overblown or legitimate? I've seen a lot of people say that he's too raw in his route running, but I've seen others say... He's one of the better route runners in this class. So, so what is it? Here? Yeah,
3: no, he's, he's it's, it, it's an overblown conversation. He needs work on his route running, but not to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so bad he'll never be able to get open. Mm-hmm. No, it's a little bit like you heard me say with, like, Jamar Chase. You know, again, it, it, it's, like, it's like the scrambling quarterback. Yeah, he doesn't go through the reads one, two, three, and four because one and two aren't open. He just went, well, fuck, I'm going to run. This has always worked for me. Well, like the good receivers, the really explosive ones, like Jamar Chase and Kadarius Tony, and some sometimes they're just like, well, I don't worry about route running because I always get open. I'm, yeah. I'm open. I don't know what what, I, what else do I need to do? Isn't they just told me to get open? So yes, he needs to work on some of that stuff. But the pure physical specimen is what you should be excited about if you're a Giants fan. Again, it's a weapon, is what we're talking about here. We're talking about that Debo Samuel, Tyree Kill type where yeah, reverses speed sweeps mm-hmm. are going to be a whole different game now with hit, with the ball in his hands he becomes like a, a true game breaking type running back with the ball in his hands and for like what they're going to ask him to routes he's going to run and things like that he's not going to be on the outside running like post corners or post corner post they're yeah. not he's going to be on the inside of the slot and they're going to go run a shallow cross five yards go as fast as you can run a slant Boom. Hey, we want you to push up to 12 and then cross to the opposite numbers at 25-yard line mm-hmm. on a deep crossing route. And they'll bring him along as a route runner,
2: but the ability to
3: do it is all there. I have so zero concerns. Here's a
2: concern from Pete.
3: Yeah. Is Jason Garrett good enough that's to put be, him in position to succeed? Hey, that, I'm glad Pete brought this up because, to me, that's two things that this, this draft did in their offseason in general. It It really puts – Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett under the microscope because there's really no wiggle room now. It's like, hey, offensive lines good enough. Yeah, that running back back healthy, Evan Ingram, you know, Galladay, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony Sterling Shepard. There's there's a lot of weapons there now. So th- that's why I think part of the beauty of this though too is, you know, they're gonna know what Daniel Jones is after this year officially. They are, and it is gonna put also. A microscope on Jason Garrett, too, because people are going to be like, hey, there's weapons here. We, we, we should be explosive and fun to watch and all of that stuff to go along with it. So that's why that's exciting. Hey, o- Ojolari, I think, is a perfect fit for what they want to do. You know, I had him going away in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always thought they were looking for this type of guy on the edge. Not the most talented pass rusher in the world, but a big physical presence who can drop into coverage in their 3-4-like scheme and can do it all. Aaron Robinson, you know I love him. I mean, that was a steal to get him out of UCF in round three. Uh, I don't – he, again, I know I'm not alone in this. He is one of the best pure man-to-man cover corners in this draft. So, I'm excited because of those first three picks and then getting next year's first-round pick. I think that's why you put the Giants in
2: one of the the top tiers. Yeah, when you look at that first-round pick in the context of, okay, what's the talent-level difference between Devontae Smith, who went one pick before they were going to go, and Kadarius Toney? How much of a difference is there? And is that difference more or less than a future first-round pick? You know, I mean, that's huge. They get a they get a first-round pick next year yes. from a Chicago Bears team that, who knows, they might knows? not be very good. Exactly that right. could be a high
3: pick. You don't, you're exactly right. We don't know what Chicago's going to be. They're definitely one yeah. of those teams you just go, man, it can kind of go either way. Yeah. If you ask me, and I, you're, think, we know which I think way the you're Bears are going to be terrible. Might <laughs> be the worst team in the, in the NFL.
2: Um, so uh, the Giants, well done. you, yeah. you get the, uh, You get the passing grade from Chris Sims. Three more teams you think did really well. Yeah. And one of those teams is a team in the NFC East with the Giants. You think the Dallas Cowboys kicked it out of the park.
3: I I do from from the standpoint, again, of getting people that are going to help their football team like right now and addressing needs that needed to be addressed like desperately. All right. So. Let's start off i i I was shocked that people were a little like and I don't know you got, do you guys maybe i'm it seemed like people weren't happy that they took Micah Parsons were Dallas fans not really happy? It seemed that way,
2: yeah, it seemed uh, yeah I, I and I don't, he didn't play last I mean year, right? Pete he you was got an opt, that right he was Pete, an didn't out. you get that
3: sense that people were like so but yeah, but either way,
2: it wasn't like one of those like, oh my God, slam dunk, we got this no, and guy. I don't know why they should have been because
3: yeah. again. I think this was easily one of the three or four best defensive players on the board. There's no doubt in my mind. And I think a lot of people probably would have viewed him as a top two or top three defensive guy. You know, had one character concern, and then there was the opt-out, right? So that was the big issue. They need – They they're first off, I think what they're telling you, they're concerned about their middle linebackers. And we know that. They're not giving Van Der Esch the fifth year option. He had a neck issue coming out of college, and he's had a neck issue the last two years in the NFL. So they're concerned. That's the first thing they're drafting Micah Parsons. Hey, Jalen Smith wasn't anything to like write home about last year next year either last year either. You know, so you get a they got a Jabril Cox in fourth round. Yeah. That type of athletic linebacker. Two guys that fit the way they want to play football. You know, and again, I know I always go back. So here we got Dan Quinn, right? I always like to connect dots. Dan Quinn, Atlanta Falcons. You know, he just got his Deion Jones and his Devondre Campbell, right? Does that make sense? That Gerbil Cox is the Devondre Campbell type, that kind of guy. Yeah. Long, athletic, can run around, make tackles, all that. Michael Parsons is better than Deion Jones coming out. I mean, Michael Parsons, you know, you, this is the Seattle scheme again. They want to get a big-time middle linebacker in that scheme to run. I mean, they ask so much of the position in coverage and in stopping the run. You know, it's like again, I hate to always go back to the well with my Mm -hmm. sayings, but they got their Bobby Wagner, they got their you know the Kenneth Murray. the The Chargers drafted the guy from Oklahoma the year before. Same defensive scheme. Deion Jones, Miles Jack, Darius Leonard. Who else am I missing? Oh, the Browns got Wusu koromoa Wait, who else? I'm, I'm missing some other teams. But that's, they're looking for that type of player. And Parsons, to me, is rare in the fact that he's that big
2: but can move like all those guys we just talked about. Right. So I love that. I do. Pete's saying some of the chatter and the, the uh, yeah. displeasure with the pick was that they wanted to go corner. Some Cowboys fans would rather have gone corner so, there. So, now let's go. Right. Well,
3: and then this is where you go back into the other conversation a little bit here. Yeah. One. Hey, J.C. Horn and Sertain got drafted before, you know, they would have liked. I don't know. So they probably would have gotten that. There was no corner that was worthy of 12 to take him there. All right? So Mm -hmm. there's that. And then what did I say about this defensive scheme and how they value it a little bit? It's the Seattle scheme. It's like I said with the Jets. They – they're not always, since they know they play so much zone, they don't like to use top 15 and top 20 picks on the corner position. Right. They don't like that. It's, it's wh- wh- you know, why? You know, you can get, you can have, like, why, why, like, oh, we got to have Deion Sanders to do the same, like, just to touch a guy and then go backwards? And, like, I got my third – you know, So they're going, we can find a lesser guy and then yeah. make the other positions that are more important to our scheme and making it work, do that, if that made any sense. But Kelvin Joseph is, yeah, he was one of the five or six best corners in the draft, and he's going to start right away. Yeah. So now you got a corner. So you did get one. That's eventually. NFL ready, yeah. right. They got one. They got one. They got a real good one. In fact, like, I would tell you Kelvin Joseph was better than the two that went in the end of the first round. And Stokes and the kid from Northwestern, I like Joseph better, and, and hands down. And then a guy like Odigizua is going to have some value on their D-line. Chauncey Golston from Iowa. They need help at all these positions. And then you heard me talk about Jabril Cox. I just look at those and just go, wow, that was a, a really good job by the Cowboys front office. There are
2: other Cowboy fans that think that they're not necessarily very good at identifying good linebacker talent. Van Der Esch is disappointed. Jalen Smith has disappointed uh, Halas Football Talk says, Will Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox make Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch expendable next year? I think of, uh, not next year, but I think, I think
3: what you're going to do now is you're, Micah Parsons is going to make Van Der Esch expendable right now. So, like, he, they're going to be in nickel defense most of the time. Van Der Esch is going to be gone. He's going to be off the field. Micah Parsons is going to play there, mm. you know. Uh, I Listen, I always thought Van Der Esch was overdrafted. Anybody who knows me back from my Bleacher Report days – I was always like, man, that's, that was high. You know, hey, Jalen Smith, they took a flyer in the second round and a guy who, you know, was a top five pick but had a horrible knee injury. Mm-hmm. It's been good. It hasn't been great. Um, but, yes, I think that's exactly why these guys were drafted. I think that, one, they're worried about Vander Ash and want to upgrade. Two, like I said, Jalen Smith, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, that was so amazing play last year. Right. It, it, it was a little less
2: than at times. Two other teams, and they're more specifically in addressing specific parts of their teams here. And one is the Chiefs, and you like how they address their offensive line. They got Creed Humphreys, the uh, center out of Oklahoma, and then they got him in round number two, and they got the guard from Tennessee, Trey Smith, in round number six. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm pulling up my teams here. Um, You're second guessing. You don't think they did well. No, there. they oh, did.
3: They did well. The the thing where the Tennessee, I think, right off. I mean, come no, on, Chiefs. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, I'm all over the place here. Yeah, the Chiefs, the like, offensive
2: line. Yeah, yes, what they did there.
3: I'm just that's that's the only thing I want to say with the Chiefs. Yes, is the fact that they got Creed Humphrey has ended the greatest transformation of an offensive line that I can ever remember in a two month span to where we went. They can't block anybody. To holy shit, they got the best guard, one of the better tackles, like a top five tackle in football, one of the better centers from the draft, and they got some other guys coming back and everything like that to where I just go, all right, you know, and, and you know, Kyle Long being there and everything to yeah. where you just go, they went from it being a serious question mark to now it's one of the strengths of their football team. Um, so that's where I'm excited about it, and it's just an unbelievable transformation at one position to make sure again that they're one unit. Their offensive side, they they want to, they're going to win games with Mahomes, and they're, they're a pressure they put you on, on on you with their offense, and this allows them to do that, and it yeah. makes this unit so great that it's going to affect whoever they're playing's offense and defense and how they want to attack. Because you got to think about, wait, how are we going to handle this offense?
2: It's almost like they, after that Super Bowl, they're like, all right, screw that. We're not doing that again. And we couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes, a couple injuries that, that hamstrung us. And they just, to- you're right, they totally overhauled their whole offensive line. It's amazing. Uh, Akers Mo says, do you see the Chiefs moving away from a zone blocking scheme based on the strength of playing style of the new offensive line? They drafted and traded for.
3: I would hope there's a little more versatility. I don't know if it's going to strike too much into any new areas, just because that's kind of what Andy does, and that's the kind of offense they run. Uh, you know, maybe there'll be more of a threat to run the ball with this kind of specimens you got on the offensive line. But the big thing is, is now it's just it's there's no defensive line that they ever have to worry about ever again. There's none. There's not one defensive line in football that they're going to come across with this group Mm -hmm. and go like, oh, we got to keep the tight end in the block. we got to keep the tight end and the running back in the block. They're going to be like, no, our five can take any four in football, and now I can get five eligibles out, and Mahomes can drop back really deep and have good pass protection, and okay, maybe one guy seeps through, but he's going to be 15 yards away and see the guy seeping through and set him up and make him look like a fool when he runs by him and jukes him, right. and then he's going to run or throw a laser somewhere, and that's what they want to do, it's, it's, and uh, that's where it makes a lot of sense for them.
2: And finally, the team that you were alluding to. Sorry. The Tennessee Titans. Sorry. You jumped ahead, and that's okay. Uh, they're secondary. They got Caleb Farley. You love him. Number one corner. Uh, Has some back issues, but hopefully, you know, those aren't going to crop up in the NFL. They got him 22nd overall. And then Elijah Molden, the safety out of Washington in round number three. Yeah. Um, You know,
3: I think, again, Caleb, Jalen Phillips, like once you got to that, like, 18 mark, right, it was like everyone's like, okay, screw the medical stuff. Yeah. But, yes, you know, one, to get Caleb Farley, phenomenal, right? Elijah Molden. Who, safety, nickel, whatever you want to be, going to be playing for that team in a hurry, all right? And I think one of the reasons I want to talk about them just a little bit is just like we talked about with the Chiefs, right? Offensive line was an issue. What are we going to do? A major transformation. They got it done. Tennessee Titans, we can't stop anybody from throwing the football. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to totally rehaul our secondary, Right. And that's where I like give them a lot of credit, too, for these two picks. Two, you got two guys that are physically ready to contribute to your team right away. But they got Janoris Jenkins in the offseason. They signed Kevin Johnson. So they've transformed one of the biggest issues with their football team in a very short period of time. I think that's what I like about it a lot. they got a tackle at a North Dakota State. We know they still want to run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage. Tackle was a need. You know, right tackle is an issue for them right now as we sit here. So, Taylor and Juan coming back. So, I think I like that. And then, come on, man. Get my fucking man Rashad Weaver in the fourth round, which yeah. this is what I got to hear. So, like, I, I don't know if there's something, unless maybe that's where the NFL valued him or if there were some medicals that I didn't know about. Because I know, one, he was like, in day three, I was like, what? Is Rashad Weaver still here? There's got to be something here yeah. with him. Like, you know, you, as the draft goes or things go, I, I'm texting with people all around the NFL. Like, Levi owns right? You know I love him. Yep. I knew around pick 18 that he wasn't going in the first round because I was texting with some friends, and they were like, oh, dude, he's got some medicals. So I don't think he's going to go tonight. Hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what Rashad Weaver is. I'd like to find that out. The other one that I was sitting there on, like, round four and five is my Javion Hawkins from Louisville, my running back, and, yeah, there's, there's issues there. So, that's – I don't even know if he got signed as a free agent. I think he did. Did he? Did yeah. he finally get signed? I thought I looked late yesterday and he wasn't even there anywhere. But he had off-the-field concerns in a major way. Okay. Uh, so, that hurts it. But back to the Titans. Sorry to change it. Yes. So, you change your secondary around. You get a Bud Dupree. They got Danico Autry. And now you get a Rashad Weaver who – was one of the better pass rushers of college football last year. I mean, to me, that's just –
2: those are, again, just contribute now, need for the football team, and that's why I like it. Okay. All right, we're going to do the questionable picks next, but since you brought it up, let me uh, talk about the undrafted free agency here. Trey Melton says, Chris, love the pod. Why do you think that uh, Darius Washington went undrafted? So you had – him, you got yep. three guys in your rankings that went undrafted. Yes, you had your number four safety that was I was Washington, went right. to the Ravens. Right. Ravens right signed him, Pete. That's what is noted here. Of course they, of course um, they did, of course they did. What it, do you think happened there? I, I don't know.
3: I, listen, Wednesday, check back in. I'll try to okay. figure out and like figure out like like I told you. i I can I can dig and find these things out. Um, Hawkins, the I know running with, back. I
2: know with Hawkins had. Went to the Falcons. Went to the Falcons. Good for him. Kay. That's a good spot. And your number five tight end, Briley Moore, went to the Titans, um, although you didn't think it was like a great class of tight ends. No,
3: it was not a great class of tight ends. Uh, interesting that he went there too. That's yeah. a good spot. That's one of the teams I would say can evaluate tight ends. So, um, But, yeah, I don't know. I, the ones I'm most intrigued by there are, again, I'd like to find out with Weaver. Javion Hawkins, and our Darius Washington for sure. I I mean, listen, I know through the process, like, people were like, I had a lot of fun conversations with some friends about our Darius Washington. Yeah. So, for him to not get drafted, there's got to be something else there. Okay. And what a spot to be. Of course the Ravens
2: got him. Another shock for me was uh, Ousu Koromoa. Going that late. I you know, agree. He's on the board for Agreed. a long, long time. And apparently there are some medical there, issues There is something there. there, and I don't know
3: what it is. I don't know the specifics. But, yeah. yeah. You know, when your medical issues, little medical issues where I don't think his were, like, huge, but then you're 215 pounds playing linebacker, and I think some of the NFL community is like, wait, is he a linebacker or a safety in the box? Like, what exactly yeah. is I think that's what like led him to fall there. But, Wow. I mean, that's amazing that the Browns got him in the second round. Amazing. So here are the questionable picks.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at
1: the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. (laughs) This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. Go for the United States. Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen.
0: I have never seen anything like this. How about that?
1: An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock.
2: Yeah. So uh, these aren't necessarily you're noting them as questionable. They're just uh, the Twitter sphere. And the analysts will be like, what are you doing there? So the Raiders probably had the first one of the night. Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama, who you like, Yes. 17th overall. DJ K. Ray says, Mike Mayock is getting roasted. How bad was the Leatherwood pick? (sighs) Leatherwood has first-round traits.
3: He does. So, I mean, I had him going to the Ravens at the end of the first. Yeah. Right? There is a need for the football team here. You heard, if you listen to Mike Mayock, I mean, it sounds like Tom Cable was ready to stand on a table and a podium and everything else. He loved Leatherwood. Mm. So he was loved within the building. There is a position of need here. I think he right away can step onto their team and be a starting guard and dominant at that. He really has the potential to be a really, really special right tackle. I don't know what happened a little with him as pass protection this year in Alabama, but obviously it's nothing physically where you're like, well, his feet are bad or yeah. he's not strong enough or anything like that. He had this this, this bad habit this year of, like, locking out his arms and being like, I'm so strong I don't even have to move my legs anymore and even stop them for a second. And people kept going around him, like, to where you were like, what the hell is wrong with this guy this year? Yeah. So I think the big thing with there is just if I was going to be critical is – and I, we don't know, but was there a trade-down opportunity? That's, again, where you just, like, knowing the
2: board, yeah. right, and having a feel. But if you thought he was good enough to go at the end of the first round, it's right. not a huge overdraft. No, it's like not a huge overdraft. About.
3: It's not. But, but they have a – when you already have a, a M.O. for yes. doing that, yeah. as in Damon Arnett from last year yeah. or Cleland Farrell the year before that, uh-huh. there's a microscope on it now. So I think that's what makes it even, you know, pop to people more.
2: You know what it shows you is how you can set the narrative when you are one of these draft analysts, right? The, the narrative is set so early by Mike Mayock in years past, right? Mike Mayock, if he's like, wow, this guy is still on the board. Yes. People are like, what are teams doing? Teams are idiots out there. They should right. be drafting this guy. Right. Now that Mike Mayock is an actual decision-maker in the league, everyone's like, Mike's an idiot. What's he doing taking these guys? He's getting the other side it's of like this. when you have to make the picks, it's just like it puts it in a totally different light. You can't really control the story as well. Mike Mayock's finding, finding that out. Where
3: um, was Gruden in the meeting, the draft room, round one? Yeah. Did you notice that he, he wasn't something there? something else to do. Yeah, maybe he took the day off. I just thought that was curious that there's no Gruden in the draft room.
2: Yeah, last year he was there with a big whiteboard behind him with all their picks. And they were all, of like, attention. celebrating. And I'm, You know, I'm always looking for Gruden, and look. he wasn't in there. I don't know.
3: Maybe he had to take a pee or something.
2: What about the Saints? End of the first round. Questionable. Defensive end, Peyton Turner out of Houston, 28th overall. Second round, they got a linebacker who you're not enamored with, right, Pete Warner? No, not exactly. Yeah, I mean, the Saints, it's not that I want to sit here. And, again, I, I,
3: I, I don't want to say any of these are bad. Yeah, I don't really. look at it like bad, but – Peyton Turner at the end of first round, you know, would I rather have an Ojolari or something, or Tryon, who were drafted after him? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I would rather have them. You know, Turner has some traits, again, to like. I think, like, I don't know, I think I said he was somebody that would go between 40 and 60 when, when I was doing, like, my evaluation of that position and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He's got true, like, get-off. He's a twitchy, pretty explosive athlete, he's stiff as an athlete. He's very upright and straight, and since he's very high-cut and high-waisted, too, he can get knocked off balance and be on the ground a little bit more than you would like for a guy that you take at, you know, at at pick 28. But, yeah, I mean, Joe Tryon, Ojolari, Rousseau from Miami, you know, I think all were ones that I probably, if you put a gun to my head,
2: I'd go, I'd rather have those guys than, than Peyton Turner. This is a big one here, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the Buccaneers going with Kyle Trask in round number two. Uh, still had Kellen Mond on the board, right? Davis Mills still on the board, drafted shortly thereafter. Uh, but Kyle Trask going to Tampa. And do we have a picture, too? Do, Kristen, do we have a picture of Kyle? Already oh, wearing number baby. two. He's in the twos. That's not. That's not in the rafters. They, you know, that's an eligible damn, number. How to be dare? Prepared.
3: How dare they don't put that in the
2: rafters? I what mean, are they it's, thinking? This your post NFL career is enough to get to put that on ice. Uh, what'd you What'd you make of that, Kyle Trask, second round? Um,
3: I was surprised he was the first guy off the board. I, you know out of the big five. I yeah. was. Um, I don't really see. And again, this is—I—I don't see Kyle Trask as ever being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just—I don't—I don't don't see that. You know, that's—that's where I find it curious. Obviously, you know, Bruce Arians and company see other things there. Um, But you know, why don't you? Like not mobile. Like, I mean, people want to talk about Kellen Ma—I mean, uh, Mac Jones, like.
2: I mean, come on. This is this is a prehistoric dinosaur moving in the pocket compared to Mac yeah, Jones. people are going to want to compare him to Mac Jones because the numbers are kind of I mean, – you look at Kyle right. Trask's numbers, and right. you're like, wow, this guy yeah. – this guy's awesome. Yeah, well, they had a good team. And, you know, as it, and when I did the
3: quarterback rankings and all that anyways, I mean, they, they found nine million ways to throw the same route. That's all mm-hmm. he ever throws is some form of a fade down the left or right sideline. They just – are we going to pick for the slot guy? Is the running back going to do it? Are we going to have the receiver run a fake slant and then get there? It's all the same thing. But it's below average arm. It's below average athlete. And, yes, he's got good size. But, uh, like I said, at times, you know, he throws off his back foot and so much and all of this stuff, too. I just want to go, what's the point of being that big if you're not just going to stand in there and, and deliver the throw with your legs underneath you and all that type of stuff? So I just don't see it. That's all I'm saying. Right. You, know, you know my feelings. Yes, I think Kellen Mond blows
2: him out of the water. Um, but they obviously saw it a different way. While we're talking about Kellen Mond, this yep. one comes from Adam Blackall. He says, do you reckon there's any chance that Mond beats out Cousins this year? P.S., love the pod. P.P.S., you guys always talk about the U.K. and London, about visiting there. What about coming to visit Sydney, Ooh. Australia? I, oof, I would love to do that. Pete, put it on the list. That's a long flight, though. Oof. Send it to our boss. That's a It'll long just be part flight. of the tour. Yeah, On the NBC tab, we cool. got it. You know, we're going to do it. We're going to expand this worldwide. I we're would, going to Sydney. I would love that. It's definitely like a, a must, like bucket yes. list place I yeah. need to go to
3: in my life. Do you uh, want to
2: spend it with me and Pete there? No, yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. Right.
3: Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Just right. me and my wife and my family and <laughs> everything. The hell with you guys. All right. So what about uh, Mond?
2: Can he beat out Cousins? Well,
3: no, not this year. Hey, Kirk Cousins is a real good quarterback. Borderline top 10-ish type quarterback. So I don't want to disrespect him. And he's been playing really good football. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that just because they drafted a quarterback in the, the, the round three. But what he is going to do this year is going to open up eyes in that organization because they're going to go, whoa, man, okay, stronger arm, quicker release than Kirk Cousins. Whoa, faster than Kirk Cousins. And, and then fits within the way, I think, I think it's a perfect fit, like a system fit again, where, oh, play action, throw the ball down the field with power and accuracy, count, that's right up his alley. Mm-hmm. And then throwing on the run off the bull legs and all those type of things, he's phenomenal on the run. And he knows how to take care of the football and do all those type of things, which is probably why they like him too. Because there's Mike Zimmer going, well, this guy kind of understands how to manage the game a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think this is about this year. But two years from now, That could be a conversation. I I mean, it's going to depend on how this year goes and everything like that. But as I said to, like, Florio this morning, see, Cousins is, unless you're going deep into the playoffs or Super Bowl, is always going to be one of those guys that people are looking to replace. He is. You know, because there's not that elite trait that everyone goes, oh, wow, it's awesome. And then he does need – a little system help, like we've talked about, where, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, if the play's not there, he can't be like Mahomes or Josh Allen and extend a play and make something happen. That's not his, like, strength. So, this is where Mond will have a little bit of an advantage on him there, and yeah, that'd be interesting. It was a great pick by them, I think, just
2: for the future, knowing he's got two years left on his contract, mm-hmm. and it gives them options going forward. And then they're going to call up Kyle Shanahan and be like, we're finally ready to do it. Do you want Kirk Cousins? And he's like, we can't. We're all in on Trey. We can't do it. I'm sorry. It's too seriously, late. Seriously. You missed your chance. Uh, what about Washington? So they had one pick that you might question. They had another pick that you're going to love. Yeah. So they had uh, the linebacker, Jamin yeah. Davis, out of Kentucky, 19th overall. Right. But then they got Diami Brown in the third round. Yeah. So. You probably don't like one. You probably love the other. Right. I don't If love they would have th- switch to those guys, <laughs> taking De'Ami Brown in the first round, you'd be like, I love a, I love love a team. Took a, I mean, but yeah. you, you are high on De'Ami Brown. I am. And you're not as high on Jamin Davis.
3: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But, uh, you know, where I won't fault them was the biggest need on their football team was probably middle line. It was middle line. Not probably. It was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, is that overdrafting him? Sure. Now, the guy's special athlete. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, I'm not mad at them for taking them there, you know. And, and I'm I'm, again, I think I'm one of the guys that's more in the minority with that. Mm. To get Cosmai from Texas, they needed some offensive line help. You know, him at tackle, I really
2: like that. But, man, De'Ami Brown in round three? CJ Easterday, does drafting De'Ami Brown make Washington one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL? Definitely. I mean, it's like – History
3: repeated itself with Terry McLaurin. I mean, it, it, it's what they got here. They got now you got Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin 2.0, and Deami Brown, and you got Curtis Samuel to go with Logan Thomas at tight end and Antonio Gibson at running back. Like, yes, that that becomes a really explosive day. I was excited with just Curtis Samuel and McLaurin going. That's yeah. going to be hard to match up with those two. One-on-one, they are going to be a bastard to deal with. Now you got him to add to the effect with old Ryan Fitzpatrick pulling the trigger. I just hope he doesn't get too aggressive and is just like, I'm throwing it deep every play. And he throws seven interceptions. But, yes, I,
2: I, you know me. I love, love that pick. Absolutely. So one more team that had a pick in the first round that you're not going to love but picks later on that you might. The Panthers, mm. JC Horn, uh huh, eighth overall, yeah, uh, out of South Carolina. You have not, you've on this podcast, you've said you don't, you're not you're yep. using walking past interference, which is not a compliment to no, a defensive back. Nope. Uh, but they did get Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver in round two, and then the tight end from Notre Dame, Tommy Tremble, in round three. So some good with what you think was a bit of an overdraft. Some really good. You know, even the tackle Brady Crenshenson from
3: Brigham Young's a good player. But yeah, to get Terrace Marshall. At the end of round two, and now again, just like we were just talking about with Washington, you're like, what? Now you're going to pair him with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore? Like, holy shit! And they know Terrace Marshall. Joe Brady was at LSU two years yeah, ago. That's true. So he's going to know exactly what he's got. He's going to have a role for him. So that's where I love that. Talked about the online line Now you got Tommy Tremble too. Tommy Tremble. Hey, you know, you know, I love them at the tight end. He, he's a used check. He could be Kerry Kittle. I mean, uh, George Kittle. I don't – any way there, but he's going to be a pain in the ass for personnel matchups. That's the big thing. And then even later in the round, like, hey, Chubba Hubbard, fourth round or end of fourth round, I like like that. You know, there's some value to him. He's got some shiftiness and some balance to him that's special. The Davion Nixon kid they took out of Iowa – He's a real athletic interior defensive lineman. Yeah, I don't like JC Horn at eight. I know that. I'm definitely in the minority there. Obviously, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'll, I'll say this, and hopefully, I'm wrong for their case, for his case. I'm rooting for him. It's not against him. But he fits with what the, everything they've said about defense all along. We want you know length, you know length and speed, and that's you know JC Horn is a big, long corner. And they want long linebackers and long defensive ends, and that's the way they are going to play football. So it makes sense. Jeremy Chin at safety, you got him, he's long. Um, So there's at least a vision there that I
2: can get behind. Pete wants to know if any quarterback has had a bigger upgrade this offseason than Sam Darnold. Going from the Jets and the weapons they had to now Carolina and the weapons they have pretty good. It, is, it really is. I'm trying to just, yeah, I don't think there is one that's,
3: that's gone from a, a, that seismic of a shift, right? That no,
2: just, uh, Trevor Lawrence goes from college wide receivers to pro wide receivers, <laughs> so that's a huge difference. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but
3: yes, that's a pretty, he's, he's in a spot where he really has a chance to succeed. You know, I think their offensive line, yeah, it's not perfect, but I think it's going to be better this year. McCaffrey will be back. And you talk about these receivers. Yeah, the Panthers are, are like, okay, if we just had to say teams who didn't make the playoffs who were threats to make it the most next year, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Miami, yep. definitely, right? I think Carolina is going to be one of those teams I'm going to put a mark next to. Okay. Denver is kind of one of those teams I look at to go watch out. Mm-hmm. Of course, fucking New England. Yeah. You know, I mean, I want to sit here and even tell you the 49ers, watch out. All right? Maybe I'm not as bullish on them. But, I mean, man, there's, there's this is where
2: it's going to be an exciting year. Detroit Lions? I mean, watch out not, for them. Not quite yet. Well, any, 2022. Team the, any team in the NFC East. Right. I mean, you could just put them in a blender and throw one to the top and you might be right. No, I mean, you're right. I, I, I'm still going to go with Washington, I think, is in the leader house for me as far mm. as that
3: division. But oh. like the Giants that'll be a pain in the ass for sure. And yeah, the doll. I mean, the Dallas has you know, got some things you look at. But no, I think the ones that like Miami, New England, um, Carolina, the Broncos, the Chargers. I think if you tell me about, like, four teams who didn't make it last year that I go, watch out for this year, I think those are the ones I'd jump out.
2: Last out thing to. on the pod, we're going to do a little Bears-Justin Fields talk here. Okay. Eberflus won. Yeah. How many years of job security does the move up for Justin Fields give Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Because you didn't think they'd have license to draft I wasn't sure if they would, right. That's, that's why I had them kind of falling past there, as I just wasn't sure.
3: I would think this gives them this year – I think it's only going to – it adds one more year to, the, to their tenure, for sure. Like, okay, this year, Andy
2: Dalton, blah, blah, blah. Midway through the year, here comes Justin Fields. I mean, fields. it's just
3: it's as soon as there's an inkling to move in fields. They're going to yeah. do it. They got to do it, you know. Uh, but I think it buys them the 2022 season for sure. That's, mm-hmm. that's as far as I'll go. I don't know if it definitely buys them 2023. Yeah. You know, but where it does is. 2022 he plays and if it just shows any signs of being good or anything they might
2: just go let's stick with it and see what 2023 is uh so i I think it just an extra year is what i'm saying one of one of the comments uh to us we were both included on on twitter was someone trying to crush you for having fields go 32 but we've seen that in the past where if a a quarterback starts falling, there aren't many destinations for him. You said Trey Lance, that could have been the danger for him if the 49ers don't take him at three. I think his comment was, you had him going 32 where every other mock draft had him going top ten. How do you feel now? And I responded with, well, so then Sims is the only one that had him going outside of the top ten. I was like, "You you called that if every other draft had him going number three, number five overall, number eight overall. And so he did start to slide, and if the Bears don't take him there, it is really interesting to talk. Well, yeah. I wonder where he goes.
3: Well, I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean that, that's another thing where I, I mean, again, we can, we can get into that conversation just a little here real quick because I know we want to wrap this up. But, like, you talk about him at 11, and I just want to go, who did they think was going to pick him before 20? That's just right. Like, there's no, I, there's no way the Patriots are taking Justin Fields. There's right. no way. From the information I have, there's no way. So, it'd be one of those things, too, where I'd go, I mean, maybe Washington, they, maybe they were worried
2: about them, and that's why they make that move. Yeah. Um, There's some, Pete's saying the Vikings maybe at 14. Vikings, yep.
3: I know Florio's been saying he thinks the Vikings were involved there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But it's going to be certainly interesting to watch. Fields, how are they going to incorporate him in that offense, everything yeah. like that. You know, we know the fan base is going to be clamoring for him because Andy Dalton's not going to excite them. This is – Just Justin Fields from Ohio State, a Mm -hmm. national championship contender, and he's a specimen. So I I would think all those things are going to lead the Chicago fan base to even put the pressure on the Bears more to get him out there quickly.
2: ADM27 says, I agree with your points on Justin Fields, but how could he find it tough to succeed with his throwing while Cam Newton has done well with his subpar throwing?
3: Yeah, don't just take last year after COVID with Cam Newton. Cam Newton came into the league fucking throwing missiles and bombs everywhere. We were like, holy crap. I mean, he played Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers his rookie year. It's the only time ever I've seen Aaron Rodgers after a game sprint over to the other quarterback and go like, that was fucking amazing what you were doing there today. I thought I was the only guy in football that could do that. Yeah. You threw like a 60-yard post, like falling backwards for a touchdown. I'm the only guy that's supposed to be able to do that. Um, so, there the was not an issue. You know, And the, the whole Cam needs to throw better thing – is all from a narrative of when he was, had a hurt shoulder. And everybody was like, he's throwing like shit this year. He had a fucking torn labrum. Yeah, he threw like shit. And then last year, it started off throwing it really good. And then COVID hit. And, of course, yeah, it fell apart. So don't, don't – I'm not ready to sit here and tell you Cam Newton's a shitty, horrible thrower yet. I'm mm. not. I'm not ready. and I don't think New England is either. And they're definitely – Wasn't those concerns at all with him coming out. Cam, like, doesn't have a hitch. There's issues with his throwing, no doubt about it. But, again, he doesn't have a hitch in his giddy-up that I know what scared me with Justin Fields and a whole bunch of other teams. So that's the big thing. Cam can let it go. Cam can let it go. Really up top here and everything, like – he doesn't do a lot of wrong things. At times he can get like this and just try to overpower it, and he doesn't, like, get that opposites between the lower and uh, lower and upper half of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always keeps his arm angle. He doesn't let it wiggle and do crazy stuff like that. Uh, so he's got things to work on, I know, but it's, it's
2: not to the level of, like, what we talked about with Fields. And we end with breaking news. What? The Bears have cut their left tackle, Charles Leno. Ooh, they cut him. He's been starting there for the last six seasons, so they plan to play their second-round pick, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Wow, from okay, that, that's good. I mean, hey, he's ready physically. There's no doubt about that. Um,
3: that's surprising. I was wondering what they were going to do there with their offensive line and how they were going to orchestrate this, and I just want to look at it real quick if you don't okay. mind while we're is just ha- sitting here.
2: Just so people know, this is happening live. This yeah, is like this live is live, reaction. live news
3: because, you know, there, to me it's like, okay, it's – Whitehead, James Daniel, Mm -hmm. Jermaine Effetti, I would think would be the guys they want to keep white hair, excuse me, on the inside. Um, But that makes me think that there might be a different plan here to where maybe Effetti plays outside and also Jenkins play outside. And now does a Mustafer or somebody else there Get to play one of those interior spots that I don't that I don't know about. Uh, yeah. that, that that's that's the thing that's interesting there to me. Either way, but hey, they had to
2: improve their old line. We know that they're trying to do that. More of your questions Wednesday. Wednesday with Paul. Paul will be Paul right be here. will be on
3: Wednesday. I'm going to get Big Phil. He wants to talk oh, okay. on Wednesday, so we'll have him in the, in the fold. Good. And, uh, again, I just want to say great job
2: in the Kentucky Derby, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Your periwinkle blue was great. I think it might have been periwinkle. Was it? No, it was a different no. name. I got to go look it up. Okay. All right. Good job, right, everybody. Recap. Hope
3: everybody enjoyed the draft. I'm sorry about misleading everybody with Mac Jones. Promise you, I didn't do it intentionally. Okay? Mm -hmm. I did
2: not. I like being right. We'll make it. We'll figure out a way to make it up.
3: We'll make it right. I'll screw the system somehow to make (laughs) your money back and we'll corner the market. All right? Corner the market. But keep the questions coming. I'm, I'm still evaluating this draft too and digesting things and having different thoughts as I go along. Ahmed, you the man. Appreciate it. Send in the questions. Wednesday, we'll be back. Big Fucker, Burmeister, Sims. Peace out. Clap it up.